Welcome to the Making Better Bovine Babies podcast, produced by Repro360. Proudly sponsored by Vetikinol, our mission is to help accelerate the rate of genetic gain across the Australian cattle industry. We're thrilled to be able to share with you some of the stories, knowledge and expertise from our cattle vets and producers around the country, as well as some insights from our own team. We hope we can inspire, educate and at times entertain you as we delve into the fascinating world of making better bovine babies. I'm talking to our Northern Territory manager, Julie Pocock, again today, as she's a fountain of knowledge when it comes to devices and being in the know. She spends a lot of time in the field talking to vets, AI techs and producers, putting in devices, training staff, as well as running her own assisted breeding program. The purpose of today's podcast is to have a look at the different progesterone devices on the market and endeavour to address many of the questions we're often asked, as well as dispel a few myths along the way. As a disclaimer, some of these views will of course be those of Vetikino, however we'll endeavour to keep it as objective as we can. Julie, let's start with the basics. Can you give us a quick snapshot of what a progesterone delivery device is and how they work? No worries, Beck. Well, look, we've got three devices on the Australian market and they're all designed to deliver progesterone that's absorbed through the mucous membranes um, once they're inserted intravaginally. So they assist in, you know, tightening up our synchronization programs by increasing the progesterone levels and allowing us to basically hold all of the cattle at the same spot and synchronize them that they cycle together. So whether that be in a fixed time program where we're controlling ovulation or just controlling this, them to get them to cycle together um, and use heat detection at, for AI, that's basically in a nutshell what the devices are designed to do. Can they be used for any AI program? They definitely can. So you can use them depending on what other drugs you combine them with and how long you leave them in for and and a few different variables like that. You can use them for a straight fixed time program where you are, as I said, synchronizing ovulation or you can use them to get non-cycling cows to cycle. You can get them to help treating cystic ovaries in some cows. And you can also use them just to induce um, and get those cows cycling together. So you can allow yourself to use basically heat detection over a three or four day window, uh, rather than having that straight fixed time program, but it does definitely tighten them up and you know they're all gonna be on in those few days. So lots of different ways you can use them depending on what you combine them with. And what about in ET programs? Yeah, definitely. Um, they're obviously a pinnacle. You need to use them. Um, they're used in both uh, traditional MOAT um, ET programs as well as in IVF. And they're also used to synchronize the recip cows so that those embryos can be transferred fresh or frozen into those recipients. You know, when we think of cedars, they're the first to market. They've, you know, been around forever and a day. What can you tell us subjectively about a CEDA device? Yeah, look, I've used CEDAs myself. Um, you know, originally they were the first device to market, so the most commonly used device for that reason, that for a long time that was all we had access to. They're a great device. Um, they give good results. Uh, the device is manufactured in New Zealand, and uh, it is a device that uh, those that have come after have been benchmarked against. So there's been many trials that have been conducted in comparing the other two devices to a CEDA as they were the Pioneer brand and the first one to market. So yeah, they've been around for a really long time. Everybody's familiar with them. Everybody knows the name Cedar. And uh, yeah, the few things that probably are different and all of the devices have a few differences in this area. 
So Cedar is the highest strength device of all three. So it has 1.9 grams of progesterone in the device. So it is a lot higher dose um, than some of the others on the market. It also doesn't have a low dose or a heifer option that's available in Australia. And I bet you didn't know what CEDA stands for. No, I didn't. So I actually only learned this yesterday. It's a controlled internal drug release dispenser. There we go. That's very interesting. We can ingenious. always learn something, can't we? We can. Okay, newer to market are the dibs. Do you want yeah. to tell us about the dibs? Yeah, so look, uh, dibs are a device that I um, obviously have seen around. They were manufactured in South America. They also have a significant lower levels of progesterone than the other devices on the market. So the Dib V is only one gram of progesterone and the Dib H is only half a gram of progesterone. So that is obviously a little bit variant to the other two devices. They are a single use disposable device and um, are designed in that way so that they are to be used once and then thrown away. The, the main device that I, that I see around is obviously the Dib H. Um, and, you know, they obviously, because they are a disposable device, it does make them the cheapest upfront to purchase uh, because they are designed just to be used once and thrown away. So they are the cheapest device on the market on initial cost. And uh, that's probably the main things that, uh, you know, make them different to the other two. What's the difference between a Dib H and a Dib V? So uh, you basically, uh, Dib H is half the strength of a Dib V. So you've got one gram versus half a gram. Cumates are a bit different, aren't they? As they're made up of two removable silicon pods on the end of a wishbone. Why have they been designed this way? Yeah, so Cumates do have quite a few points of difference in comparison to the other two devices. So as you mentioned, yes, they are silicon pods on the end of a wishbone. So first and foremost, they, the wishbone is actually a solid plastic. So what it does and the reason why that's a benefit is because it gives a superior retention. So rather than being a full silicon device, which obviously is a lot softer and more malleable, you actually get a device that has um, you know, a great retention because of that. The silicon pods also allow us, unlike the other two devices, the silicon pods allow us to tailor our progesterone device depending on the mob of cattle that we're wanting to synchronize. So heifers versus cows, wet cows, dry cows, you know, we can actually really tailor our drug dosing and, you know, all of the recent studies and as work evolves in this space, you know, one of the comments I hear quite often from producers is not much has changed in this um, artificial breeding space. A lot's changed and one of the things that we know now is by tailoring our programs and adjusting drug doses to suit the individual mob is where we get to actually chase those extra results. That extra 5, 10, 15% pregnancy rate can make a big difference and um, especially over a large number of cattle. So the other thing that the pod is designed to do is that it gives a greater surface area. So as I said at the start, it's actually mucus flow that pulls the progesterone out of the device and it's absorbed through the mucosa um, lining um, once it's been inserted intravaginally. So having um, the pods where they're actually hollow and the mucus actually flows around all of the ridges on the outside as well as in and through the internal surface of the pod allows a greater surface area, so better contact with that mucus, which uh, obviously helps when it comes to you know, extracting the progesterone. 
What about retention rates of the Qmate versus the other devices? Yeah, look, it's really actually hard to find any published retention rates on the other two, but with Qmates, um, the published retention rate um, has been proven at 98%, with 98.6% in the most recent study. So it certainly is one that, you know, a product that has got the data to back the retention rate that is published and, and really open for people to find that retention data. Now, I know it's the only device on the market with a reusable claim. Tell me more about this and how important is the environmental component for farmers? I think it's something that we're all getting more and more, um, you know, more and more focused on within our different operations. We have got a, you know, environmental responsibility and using a product like Humate allows you to start to make your contribution from your repro space as well because you're only replacing the pods um, for your subsequent programs rather than just using a device and throwing it away. Uh, it also um, means you're not going to lose retention because it is a solid wishbone um, and you know it, it really is the most environmentally friendly of all of the devices. It, it is also um, you know the only one with that reuse claim so it's actually the only one that has got um, you know any data or any claim on label that you can reuse it. Let's talk about size. How important is size of devices and can that be a concern? Yeah, look, size is really is really important um, in a whole. I think with all the devices, you know, they're all um, you know easy enough to to load into their applicators, easy enough to to put into a cow. But we obviously get questions a lot around the size of a Qmate because it's really deceptive with the pods. Remembering they're a soft silicon, so if we're wanting to compare them, the smallest device on the market is actually a Qmate. And then uh, followed by, you know, the Cedar and Adib are very, very similar in size once they're open. So there's not a lot of difference in those, but there is a big jump down in size, especially once it's open inside the cow heifer in the Qmate device. We also need to remember the difference in the dosing. So it's not just the size of the device, it's also the progesterone that's contained in that device and making sure that we've got the right dose for the right mob of cattle at the right stage of their um, lifespan to make sure that we're going to get the, the best results we can. More and more people seem to be looking at the welfare and um, well-being of their animals to, to maximise production. What about cow comfort? Cow comfort, yeah, definitely. And it's something that is, has been proven. Um, you know, there is, um, you know, published data once again around cow comfort with Acumate, um, showing that, you know, that the cow comfort and safety and efficacy was very, very well trialled. And, uh, you know, it definitely ticked the box on, on a cow comfort point of view. A lot of people say to us they think um, the Qmate's too big, especially for heifers. And you certainly touched on the device itself. What about the applicators? Yeah, that's right. Look, and from the smallest applicator through to ours, um, when you actually insert them, there's a difference of two millimetres. And so it realistically, when you actually measure them, there's very little difference in size between the two applicators when inserted correctly. And look, myself personally, I've inserted these in Australian low-line heifers. So we're talking 160, 170 kilo miniature cattle heifers um, with, with no issues whatsoever. So your average beef heifer, um, we certainly the thousands that I thousands and thousands that I've done we have no issues in getting these into heifers or any discomfort at all and like I said it's two millimeters difference from the smallest one um, being the cedar applicator through to our applicator um, it being the next one um, size wise it's two millimeters so it is really quite a an insignificant difference and I think you've you've got one device 
don't you, for the heifer dose and the, the cow dose. And that's it, exactly. So you'll be, you know, you have that one device where you can tailor. You're not having to use different devices to be able to tailor your progesterone dose. Um, you can use a single device um, by, you know, swapping out the pods and utilizing the blank silicon pods rather than all progesterone pods. You can tailor that. And like I said, by tailoring your program and your progesterone device, that's where you can start to chase those better results. Now you mentioned reload pods, you know, you, you can get into some hot water in, in these areas, but we're, we're aware that a lot of people, a lot of vets do reuse devices. What, um, what do you say about that? Look, there's obviously, you know, we definitely hear of that, of reusing other devices and, and that, as I said, off-label, completely off-label. Um, what veterinarians obviously recommend is up to them, but something I'd be really concerned about and something I'd be really certain of is if, if you're having somebody come onto your property and that's putting devices in and running your programs that way, that I'd be wanting to make sure that those are brand new devices that haven't been put in on another person's farm. There's a huge biosecurity risk there. And I also want to know that there is no data on the reuse of those devices to tell you how much progesterone is left. And like I said, we need to have enough progesterone. In a lot of cases, it's, it's making sure we've got enough there to hold those cows out. There's, you know, a lot of the data work that was done in trialing how much progesterone accumulate was going to have before it was manufactured shows that 1.2 grams of progesterone in the device wasn't enough to keep therapeutic levels high enough in the last couple of days of that um, cycle. So, you know, making sure is there enough progesterone? Are those cows going to come on early? Are they going to start to you know, naturally come on before you pull the device and therefore that's going to reduce your pregnancy rates. So not only is there a biosecurity health risk by making sure that the device hasn't been used on somebody else's farm and not sterilized or washed properly. And also is it the first, second, third use? How long, how many cows has it gone through? And is there going to be enough progesterone there? And am I going to get reduced results? And I've gone to all of this effort and expense and, and wasted semen and it's all going to fall over because there's not enough progesterone left in the device that's being used in my cow. So I think there's some, some real potential issues there and it's a big investment running a program. So let's make sure that we've got um, the best device for that program to make sure we get good results. Simple. Of course, the main reason people use devices twice or perhaps more, I don't know, is, is cost. What do you say to that? I think it's important to actually have a look at, you know, what is that cost saving you potentially versus what is it costing you? So a cost saving can actually be costing you in the long run a reduced number of calves because the cows have cycled early because there wasn't enough progesterone to hold them. You know, that on today's market is actually can be significant. You've only got to miss one calf. And with wieners making such amazing money at the moment, what does that look like? I think it's really important to actually have, you know, do those sums, you know, your staff time, the rest of the drugs and semen that you're going to use on this program. If your cow is cycled early, it means that the potential that she's cycled before your fixed time window. And therefore, you know, you're actually running the risk because you've reused the device rather than actually making sure you have enough progesterone on your side. Um, you know, you really can reduce your pregnancy rates or you just might not get that extra five or 10 or 15% that you might be able to pull if you're actually doing um, the full program. And that financially you might look at it and think, yep, I'm going to save money by you reusing my device, but you're actually costing yourself money. Well, I think, and as Enoch Bergman demonstrated, if you can get them pregnant in that first cycle or that first 21 days and you don't lose a device or something then, 
the benefits of that are enormous and, and definitely. up over years. Yeah, definitely. It's been shown. You know, we want those cows to calve early. We want to get as many in calf terror AI program as we can. And so by you know, crossing your T's and dotting your I's and putting that little bit of extra effort in and, you know, be committed to using a, a, a good device and a device that hasn't been reused um, unless it is obviously, uh, you know, accumulate with reloaded pods where you know how much progesterone you have. I think that's where it's really important to make sure that you're chasing those results. We want you to succeed. Um, I want my customers when I'm out on a farm and helping them with their programs, I want them to get good results um, because we put all this effort in and there's nothing worse than getting bad results at the end of it because of a poor decision. Being a hormone, what are your recommendations for handling devices and disposing of them? Look, it is really important that when handling any hormones um, that you do, um, and, and this is not just a progesterone device, it's also important with the rest of the injectable drugs that you're going to use in your synchronization program. So wearing gloves, um, making sure that you're in a ventilated area. So obviously it's great when you're out at the yards because you've got lots of nice, clean, fresh air around you. Um, wearing gloves when you're loading them, it does two things. Not only does wearing the gloves, um, you know, obviously you're not directly handling the progesterone that will be absorbed through the mucous membranes, um, but it also reminds you to keep your hands clean. So you're keeping the devices clean and you, you know, cleanliness on insert is really important for all of the um, intravaginal devices, um, making sure you're as clean as possible. So wear gloves, those, um, if you, um, you know, if, if it's a really windy day, even eye protection wouldn't be a bad thing to have on. So um, it's, uh, you know, it is obviously one of those things that we need to be very conscious of. And it's part of the, th one of the things that I do when I go on farm is help to train the staff on that, you know, OHNS perspective of, of handling these type of chemicals um, being hormones. Now, what about dogs? I've seen a, <laughs> yeah, a, look, when a you dog the, chase one if it's left lying around. Definitely. They obviously, uh, you know, when the devices are, uh, are pulled out of the cows, they're obviously very, very attractive tasting um, as far as your work dogs are concerned. So please be very, very cautious of that. Um, they are very expensive surgeries to remove um, and dogs will go after them and chew them. Also, if you've got breeding, uh, breeding bitches on your property, um, also be really, really conscious of the fact that the progesterone will have an effect on them as well so if they're chewing on a device and there's progesterone left in it it could actually have an effect on their cycle so um, please be very cautious and make sure you're disposing of them um, appropriately um, and also that you're storing them appropriately between the different um, seasons so keeping them dust free and out of direct sunlight is very important so to wrap up if you had to give you know three key messages or sum up the progesterone device story what would you say? Um, I, probably the, the, the first and foremost is make sure that you have the right amount of progesterone for your animal, um, making sure for that particular mob, making sure that you don't have, you know, too much. Um, if they're young heifers or tropical heifers or, you know, even, you know, any, any heifers in that, that uh, in their first um, mating, making sure you've got um, the right level for them. But also on the flip side, making sure you've actually got enough progesterone for your cows and your wet cows, especially with such a good season this year. Cows um, you know, we've, we've had back-to-back -back good season, cows are in good nick. We need to make sure we've got enough progesterone on our side that's going to hold those cows to the end of the synchronization program. Um, so that's probably the first one is making sure you've got the right progesterone. Um, look, you can definitely look for a cost-effective device and, uh, you know, a, a reusable device is definitely cost-effective as long as it is able to deliver the right amount of progesterone. Um, and then, you know, hygiene and cleanliness and uh, that attention to detail. That's the third thing that's going to actually help you get good results.
Julie Pocock, thank you very much once again. If you've got any questions, would like to challenge us on any of any of the items we've talked about today, don't hesitate to give the Repro 360 team a call. And if you like what you're listening to, please give us a review. Thank you very much. Thanks, Beck.